0: hello and welcome to the fizzle show what is up what is up everybody it is the fizzle show where every week we dive in and have conversations that you might not be having about your businesses but you should be all right you should be what are you doing are you trying to make a website kid are you trying to get people to come to your website to read your blogs? What's going on? There's no money in that. How are you going to earn a living in that, kid? Oh, what's that? People are actually having a full-on, like, supporting a family kind of lifestyle from this sort of thing? Oh, maybe I got to pay attention. Oh, times have changed. We're a long way from running the blocks. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. I'm doing, I guess I'm doing my Joey Coco Diaz. You ever seen him? No. Joe Rogan's like, it's his, he thinks he's the funniest guy in the world. And he, he kind of is. He's just this Cuban dude from the Bronx. Oh, Mr. Rogan, I got to tell you. Oh, I got to tell you the way my mama used to run the numbers. You got to understand the Cubans, the Cubans. And you just tell that he just goes, it just goes. The point is people are making money on the internet these days. It is a viable career. It is the kind of career that you might be able to survive the robot apocalypse with maybe maybe because in order to survive as an entrepreneur today you've got to know how a human being works that's what my like i think that's what i've always been studying is how do you actually influence someone to like purchase your thing Mm. and the trick is you can't actually manipulate them like you actually have to transform their stuff like you have to have to give them the result of the product the product does all the work well you can manipulate someone and you have to but it can't just be manipulation, right? And this is what I see a lot of, like, you know, like, like my buddy Derek Halpern. I see a lot of Derek Halpern types out there, like, listen, it's a simple law. You can put this stuff together, and it's it got a kind of, like, it's got a kind of control and manipulation to it. And I love that, man, because I love those guys. Man, when you hear when you hear Derek Halpern's story and how he got into, like, why he's just a hustler the way he is. He had a kid. It complete. he had a child? Yeah. Oh, man, I gotta call Derek. When you hear his story... And what he grew up as, and you're just like, oh sh- yeah, that makes tons of sense. Like he's just doing today what he did at like seven, like having a network of lemonade stands. <laughs> Do you right, know what I mean? right. Like
1: that's at least the story. Um, and anyways, we got we got off we got off on- <laughs> no, but that's actually a good segue. Yeah, because like where we come from determines right. a lot of how we feel yeah. about selling.
0: And I think one of the crazy things is like there's this old Robert Frost line. I think it's Robert Frost. He's just like. Yada, 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 all this amazing stuff. This great, like, great, great deep verse and poetry. And then it's like, and you end up where you started from. And I think a lot of us don't really ever take inventory of where we actually came from, Mm -hmm. right? This is why, like, as you grow up and, like, when you're dead, when you're, for a man, like, when your father dies, there's all this, like, reckoning that happens. You know, it's happening for my dad right now. It's like, there's this reckoning. It's like, dude, the source of authority in my life from when I was a niño is gone now. And like anything that needed to be said, it can't be said anymore.
1: Well, and, and also the person that you simultaneously thought was like the most powerful person in the world and that you like also despise in some ways is now gone. Gone. Yeah. Like weak. Yeah. And
0: it's you. You came from that. Like it's an, it's a, it's an essential weakness that, I don't know. It It,
1: makes you realize your mortality. Your mortality in the whole nine yards. Now, where, how did we get into this? Well, I tried to relate this back to how you grew up determines... And I just wanted to talk about... you just want to talk about dads.
0: (laughs) That was always the joke for me. I had a website called fatherwounds.org as a joke at one point. And I love how all four of us do it on the podcast right now. Like, we're all like father wound dudes. Speaking of which... Um, uh, anyways, we've got two guests on the show today, not guests, but like, you know, co-hosts on the show today. We're going to introduce those in a second, but today we're getting into a killer topic because it is this question around how do we figure out the pricing of our products, specifically when we have a lot of baggage psychologically around money. Right, I think this is one of those things you end up where you started from. A lot of us don't actually know where we, where we started from. We, we, we're going on to the future in our life trying to figure out what's next when really a lot of discovery about the future could happen by looking backwards and taking inventory honestly, like ruthless honesty, but it's hard to get into that. That's why I like psilocybin mushroom score, but. <laughs> That's just me, though. Listen, here's the deal, because there's some stuff I don't know how to think anymore. Unless what's I'm... in this coffee, exactly? <laughs> it's chaga and lion's mane. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's a different kind of mushroom. Okay, so on the show today, we've got Aiden Fishbine. Aiden, say what's up.
2: Oh, hello, guys
0: oh hello oh hello sir how are you doing today where are you calling in from
2: oh quite nice i'm literally half a mile from where you are and i feel <laughs> left out but it's going not be get fine. the
1: invite <laughs>
0: oh, i could have actually i could have actually i have an extra mic here i'm in portland currently traveling and i'm in corbett's office which is great it's like old school time i love it and then on the other sh- on the other line on the other line we've got joe kearns joe say what's up hello Hello. Hey. Corbett introduce introduce yeah. these guys.
1: Yeah. so uh you guys have probably heard Aiden around a few times already mm-hmm. from such hits as as so the last episode uh, <laughs> 295. Uh and so Aiden, you know, is is helping the Fizzle team with content development and uh he has been helping us come up with ideas for the podcast and and so on. So we're going to hear more from Aiden in coming episodes, I'm sure. And we also today wanted to invite Joe Kearns, who is also helping the Fizzle team with uh, activation, retention, happiness of uh, members and so on. Joe has a background in, what would you say, Joe? Your master's is in sports psychology, is that right?
3: Yeah, performance psychology. Performance psychology. Yep, in a variety of different domains, you know, helping people kind of perform at their best.
2: I, tell, I tell, think
0: people. I think people meet Joe and they go like, "Oh, he's just like a, he's just a pair of biceps <laughs> and, <laughs> and triceps.
2: Those triceps, uh, and, though, and, and, and traps
0: <laughs> and triceps on like some pretty decent hammies. Like <laughs> they don't. But, and they make that judgment. and They don't know like how how deep the waters run. How deep the waters run. Joe deep, is what?
1: a is a fit gentleman, a handsome dude, and uh, and a fitness expert in some ways. But yeah. Joe, you want to talk just briefly? I don't want to like get a whole can of worms open here, but yeah. You worked with the military for a while, right? On some psychological issues or something?
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you want to take more time to compliment my hamstrings, that was the first. So, uh Yeah, dude. Nice hammies, there, bro. Chase. <laughs> like yeah. those. Uh no, actually after after grad school in uh performance psychology, I did go and work with uh pretty much every branch of the military except the Marines. I didn't get a chance to work with them, but Really kind of diving into the, the structure of how to approach improving the mindset. You know, I think so often we kind of just stumble into it or it's just years of trial and error, but there is a lot of science behind it. You know, that's, I'm, I'm excited for today's topic because I think you can take such so a, a more systematic approach to being able to find and break down a lot of those barriers. And I mean, with the military, obviously the consequences of, of not understanding that are much more severe than it is in sports or with just, uh, You know, uh, business or things like that, but it (laughs) kind of allows you to play it on the the highest stakes. And then being able to come back into the business realm and kind of see the different ways that those same limiting beliefs, the same ways that we try to maximize performance. I mean, you kind of come back and you're doing it almost like with corporate athletes in a way, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and I I see the same trend in like all the coaching world and stuff like that. It's all this mindset. And anywhere now you can make money, you actually got to have this mindset in order to like really influence other people and really like show up. Cause I think, I think out there in the world, this is related to our topic here. Okay. So you have a product for sale out there. You put a, you put a, a sales page up. Okay. I think people can sort of sense what is like, they just can't, they get a feel for what the product is. With even if they they just skim through the pro they skim through the the text maybe they watch a part of the video maybe they don't they're just kind of scrolling through it really matters who they heard about this from like what did where were they when they clicked on this link was it from an email directly from you right. was it from a personal email from a friend that they really respect and admire you know what is the old the whole context for when they land on that thing right that to me is the relation it's like this this um, it's like r- the rapport quotient or something. It's like when I land on your page, I like what level of rapport am I instantly having already that I'm either having to overcome because I don't I don't actually trust you. This doesn't look like it's right for me. I, I just I assume things aren't like things like this won't work yeah. out for me. Or it's come to me in the kind of way that like dude, I got to get this, but man, it's $10,000, it's too much money. You know? Like I I signed up for a $10,000 thing. I didn't pay yet. I applied for it um this this guy this ceo of onnit.com uh-huh. aubrey marcus he's he's doing this like 6 month like <laughs> whatever like take control of your life be a buddha ceo kind of thing and i was like dude if i could get time with aubrey and a handful of the guys that he's around this would be worth it for me yeah but like and i haven't i haven't written the check yet and i haven't gotten accepted i don't know i don't know what that's all about but for me, it was a big, I've never paid for something like that before.
1: No, I definitely right? haven't. I mean, besides college, yeah. which is crazy. College, that all us, I
0: did pay for it, right, you know?
1: Right, none of us think twice about paying tens of thousands right. of dollars for college. But that $10,000 price tag for a coaching experience right. sounds extreme.
0: Right, right? It, it does. It sounds really extreme. So it's like, what's in it? But I, so that's a recent experience for me where I, where I I'm potentially, like, and if I get accepted, I'm. I've cleared it with my wife. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Even if I'm throwing this $10,000 away, Yeah, like I'm going to do this because I think it's
1: going to be valuable. I just think it is. Hey, I threw $10,000 away investing in a restaurant, so you might as well get something out of it. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so Aiden, what
0: I want to do is pitch it over to you. Help us set up this topic and, and what we'll talk about. What's the first part of the conversation?
2: Yeah, so uh, we recently internally did some user profiling on some of our Fizzlers. Um, and one of the more prevalent pains for what we like to call kind of like mid-level fizzlers, those that have uh, made their first dollar. Maybe they're not completely self-supporting yet, but they've got like, you know, they're flapping their wings and they're they're levitating a little bit. Um, yeah. And a lot of these people typically struggle with a lot of different sales fears. Um, and, you know, we'll get into to a lot of them over the course of, of the next however long. But today, uh, this episode digs into a very specific one. And um, this is justifying premium prices for your premium product. Especially if you don't necessarily identify as a premium person, so um, this is you know about uh, you know general sales fears. We'll get into some of that. Definitely, a lot of this money psychology, the baggage of your upbringing, um, kind of the baggage of your current affairs. maybe if you've you've grown up and and developed your own kind of stances on the world. Um and then also how it um, you know certain industries and certain services. Uh, how pricing affects those industries and those services individually. So um, those are kind of the points that, that I think we'll cover and um, hopefully we can end with some, some rich tips as I know y'all like to do and, um, and, and see why when you pitch price and service to client at, at the threshold that they expect to receive it, um, that the sale is super, super easy. Um, When value aligns with um, expectation, then you know you don't feel like that sleazy person, you don't feel like that pushy person. you are participating in economic exchange, so that's mm. the idea
0: okay so you you mean, I, lo- I mean the way you said that up I, mean, I don't know you're good at this, Aiden, but that idea <laughs> of premium prices for a premium product, especially if you don't identify as a premium person, okay, so immediately, I want to get into that last part, but before we do. Joe, can you take us into like, what is this problem? Can you tell us like, what is at stake if someone like, someone gets this wrong, if they're charging too little, or if like, maybe you have a story of, 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 hey, I know you've got some personal story here. I, I don't know what, what it is, but imagine, I imagine what's at stake here is something like not knowing how to charge more which effectively leads to my business not being successful which all comes from me not believing that what i have is actually that valuable to mm. people and not being able to see the actual value that it has for someone the kind of confidence there i've seen this again and again and again with entrepreneurs at fizzle like i've i've experienced it personally myself when I, when you start to get what you like the value of the thing that you're doing it changes everything about how you for me personally because uh, before that i'm going like Will they like me? Will it be good? Am I good? Is this good, right? And after that I'm like, listen, it's good. People want it. They're spending money on it. You just got to get it in front of them in a way that doesn't doesn't like, you know, push them away, right? That everything changed like that for me. and Maybe I turned into a total D head, but I, I don't know. But Joe,
3: tell us tell us a story, man. Yo, yeah, well, I think you tapped into it perfectly and the way that I kind of like to look at it is When you're first starting out, you're focused so much on value extraction, you know, because you're coming from a place of not enough. So if you're, if you're not paying all your bills yet, if you're focused on how do I actually survive, a lot of times when you approach any, you know, any transaction whatsoever, you're looking at it just like that. Like how much can I extract from this or how do I make enough out of this to be able to survive? But the whole point is that it comes down to value creation, right? And so much of the time that we're caught up in our own money blocks, it's because we don't believe in our own situation that it would be worth that much, but we're not in the heads of the people that we're selling to a lot of times, especially if you're selling to a higher value client, higher net worth, or if, you know, the products or services that you're putting out there aren't necessarily something that would be in your own, um, you know, your own financial abilities to, yeah, afford.
0: hold on. I want to, I want to interrupt you there. Cause you like, I think this term, it's all in this word value creation. What did yeah. you mean by that? What is that?
3: Well, see, we're putting we're putting a monetary value on it. Whenever you're pricing your services out, you gonna you have to kind of start somewhere, but that's just sort of an estimate, right? That's kind of what we're thinking. Oh, this is probably what it's about worth to my ideal client, but the, like price is partly positioning as well. So, in in my background in personal training and nutrition consulting, when I first started out. I mean, by definition, that's kind of like almost a luxury service for a lot of people. You know, you might think you're going to start with more Gen Pop, but quickly you realize that it's kind of a luxury service. And the people that I was working with, you know, in my head, of course, price is a significant factor with any kind of, um, any large scale spending that I do. But with them, that, that wasn't it. That wasn't their problem. You know, the problem in what my was their, head. What was their problem? Their problem is, of course, you know, like how do I improve my energy, my quality of life? How do I, Deal with these like nagging aches and pains. And I mean, that to them can be worth all the money in the world. You know, what's what's that cliche that's like you spend the first half of your life uh, sacrificing your health to make money and then you spend the second half of your life spending all your money to get your health back? I like that. Yeah. So you just, you find that all the time with people that their values shift. And once your values shift, money can be not even in the top three considerations. Right. Uh, you know, I found that my clients were coming to me far more interested in, can you actually help me with my problems? So, you know, yeah. can I create the value for them and solve the problems and the pain points that they're looking for? And if I was just focused on the money and keeping that as a roadblock in my mind, I was actually missing my ability to connect with them as a human being, you know? Okay, I, mean,
0: I want to ch- chunk this down a little bit. I, I want to get more clarity. I'm, I've, I can feel that some people out there listening aren't quite tracking with us yet because this is so good. This is like it just feels like so much of the entrepreneurial nut is like right here, yeah. To be cracked. What do you hear, Corbett? What? How would you explain? Well, like- I'm
1: I'm trying to paint the picture here in my mind. So, so Joe is is not an old man now. So this is back a while ago. So, so you're some kid with with a fancy degree or something, and mm-hmm. and an interest and background in in fitness and psychology, and you are trying to sell a product or service in this case to people who have a lot of money people who mm-hmm. for whom if you could fix a, an ache or pain or give them more energy they're thinking this is going to change my life right and yeah. and if you change someone's life who's making hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars or has millions of dollars in the bank then that's worth a lot to them and here you are with no context for that you're yeah. thinking well I-, I couldn't afford to pay a personal trainer like 50 bucks a session right yeah. so so you're kind of caught in between those those two realities is that right joe
3: yeah yeah absolutely yeah
0: I love this so and I, and you said something really important this this idea that values can shift mm-hmm. right and what I wrote down there is like uh, m- more energy like y- you helping me have more energy for my daily life or more vitality is worth like a hundred thousand dollars a year for one CEO mm-hmm. like one CEO can go like no 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 this like I don't get to make the other half a million dollars yeah if I don't have this like a head game on point. The body, the head game on point, right? Yeah. And so I spend this on that because it's an investment and it gets me, it leverage, I'm leveraging that to get me way more in the end. That's a way of value can shift. Whereas a lot of people right now starting their business, your value is just like, how do I actually get the sale? How do I actually make the money? Right. Right.
1: And and we're talking about this right now in the context of an individual person as the buyer, yeah. as the customer. Yeah. But you could think of it in another way, just to make it in purely economic terms, think about this as selling to a business. You could either sell to a small business that's barely scraping by. Yeah. You know, Let's say we're trying to sell to one of those businesses that has made their first dollar but isn't supporting themselves yeah. yet. Yeah. They're going to look at you and say, well, you know, I might be able to pay a few hundred dollars for a web design. Totally. But then you could go to some, some company that's making millions and millions of dollars, right. and they recognize that if I get a website that can improve my conversion rates by this little tiny margin, yeah. that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars or more to yeah. us. So, so spending
0: $80,000 on a website is big no deal. biggie. Big yeah. deal. And
1: that's, and that's the thing. When you get into that web design game… Yeah. You start realizing there's this like ladder there's this hierarchy where yeah. there's a bunch of people fighting for scraps at the bottom, yeah. doing stuff for free or for mm-hmm. five hundred bucks a, pop Build a portfolio or, something. or whatever and then there are these companies out there that are doing hundred thousand dollar plus websites, yeah. and you think like well, it's just a website, like what's right. the difference right. yeah, and is that website literally hundreds or thousands of times better than the one that's being sold for five hundred dollars no probably not, but yeah people who can extract that much value from a transaction yeah. are willing to pay a premium yeah. because they still net more cuz they than just net. need to know they need
0: to know for sure it's going to work they need to know for sure that's going to be done like in in a reasonable amount of time that right. your team has the what it, has has the skill to be able to do this i need to know for sure you can do this and you can show me Anything in the world, but I just, I need to know that. So I'm only looking at companies that end up, are charging me, you know, if someone charges me $20,000 and everybody else is fifty to $80,000, I'm like, who are these guys? You know, it's like, it's like, but, or maybe if I don't have a lot of money, it's like, All right, you know, let just throw the
1: website together and see how it works. Right. You know? Right. So, so Joe, these clients, they were, they were flashy high-end clients.
3: Yeah, and, and not all of them. Again, I think a lot of it has to do with the amount of value they place on the services. You know, uh, certain people maybe they're bringing in you know eighty, hundred thousand dollars a year, but they're willing to commit a much larger portion of their discretionary spending to something like this because they value it. And so yeah. it's still not as significant of a factor for them. And then of course, yeah, I did have clients that literally you know rolled up in Ferraris, and that's a little bit of a of a head game. And what when, is, what I've got, what like is a, the product? <laughs> What's the product you're selling them? That was that was back when I was doing my personal training and nutrition consulting. Okay. you know, so all right, uh, and it's funny because that has a huge range to it, right? You'll you'll see personal yeah. trainers charging fifteen dollars an hour at an LA Fitness or something like that, and yeah. then you have other you know quote unquote celebrity trainers that really are, are no more qualified than the person down right. the street at the big box right. gym, but they've positioned themselves like that. So the clientele that ended up coming through for me, um, I kind of decided earlier on that. I knew it wasn't going to be a good idea of trying to you know race to the bottom in terms of Mm -hmm. uh, charging for your services, and you figure that out when you're running your own business. But uh, then you kind of realize that the people who are willing to put some money down are typically a lot better to work with as well, and you know they're more committed to it. They uh, they show up on time. They do what you tell them to do. And it only took me a few times to try to you know discount that before I realized, wow. And every time every time I discount it. I'm kind of discounting the value I'm creating for them. And Mm. that became much more of a hassle because if if I'm willing to say, okay, actually, you know, maybe it's not worth that much, what message was I sending them? And, you know, so I kind of started just focusing more and more on creating the value for some of these higher value clients when they came in um, because I also, you know, I I got to learn from them a little bit. It's, you know, that old saying like you're the, you're the, um, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with most. Right. Right. Well, if you get to focus more on a few select high value clients, I also realized, well, I'm surrounding myself with people who are successful in their own right. And so I kind of grew a lot from that. And that reinforced my decision to kind of let go of more of the low, lower level discount uh, positioning of my of my services and instead focus on just providing as much value as I could to a smaller group of people who could kind of afford the premium price.
0: What was the value? Like when you what what convinced you? That it was valuable, the thing you were doing for these clients.
3: I mean, you can just you can see the results every week when they show up, and they're they're actually getting the results you're providing. They're more excited, they have more energy. You know, the stories that I was hearing from them about how they had kind of become, uh, you know, the hero in their own journey. Much, you know, you're familiar with Donald Miller and and StoryBrand. Well, when you see that like actually happening in their lives, and their family start to look up to them as you know, like the beacon of. Health and and fitness, and then they're answering questions, and their family's starting to make a change. Um, you know, I realized the value was far more than just what I was actually providing for them in the gym. It was it was the hope and the accountability and the fact that you know when they're putting money down and they were showing up week after week, they were becoming the person they wanted to become. And yeah. sometimes, I mean, they weren't even getting a, as much of the physical transformation as I would have hoped, but they were becoming. Such a better person week after week, and the way that it carried out into the rest of their lives. That you know, the value I thought I was creating when I started the business, which was yeah. you know, you're paying for my knowledge and expertise as a trainer. That really wasn't it. You know, I mean it was uh, it was the fact that they had somebody there where they felt like they were going to be able to get answers to their questions when they needed it. They were going to have somebody there to support them along the way. But ultimately, they were still doing the work. And I think that bled over into so many facets of their life that that was the value they received from it the most.
0: Okay, so answer this question. finish this sentence for me. Because I think there's something, there's a huge distinction here in what you're saying that I think is gonna, can be really big for people. You just said, they weren't paying, I realized they weren't paying me for my experience, right? Or, or something like like, say that, finish this sentence or fill in these blanks. They weren't paying me for blank. They were paying me for blank.
3: They were paying me for hope. They were paying you for hope. Yep. I mean, because the, the thing is, they would immediately receive those results the second they put down that first commitment to you know a ten ten session package. Like the results began in that moment because yeah. life was going to be different tomorrow. You know, if you don't have any reason to wake up the next day and believe that it's going to be different and believe it's going to be better. Yeah. You know this then, that
0: this that Tony Robbins <laughs> right here. This. <laughs> this that vision commitment well, shit right here and this yeah. is it,
1: if if you started digging into the sales process for someone who understands these nuances and understands the truth of the mm. value that's being created yeah that sales process would sound and look a lot different than the typical big box gym yeah. trainer oh, yeah. who's yeah. selling different. you because you're painting a picture for people and you're telling them the emotional changes, the life changes that they're going to go through, yeah. as opposed to my technique yeah. in showing you these exercise this, routines. This is so big. Yeah. To me, this is what
0: we're talking Like, So, listen, listener, we've said the word value like 50 times in this conversation. Yeah. Value creation, Which is- discounting <laughs> the value. What? Which is such an empty word. It can be, right? And right? what's so great, what, what, think, go dig in on this like value right it has two, it has two meanings at least that i can think of right i always think of the, whenever i think of value i think of those Malto meal cereals you know cuz like right like, like they're the bag <laughs> cereal <laughs> cheap you mean <laughs> bag cereals at the bottom where you get more stuff for more less cost it's right. like, it's a good value right right it's a good value there's a, it's almost like a, a, a in our culture it's like a, it's like it's it's taken on this this meaning of like getting more for less it, it's cheaper or it's more affordable yeah. it's mm-hmm. almost like like yep. it, it has a value to it But there's this other, much much more old term or or meaning to that, which is which is just simply the the results you kind of get, like what it's worth to you to get this thing. So for me, the easy thing is thinking about travel. Right, you're going to spend twenty five hundred dollars taking the family out to Italy for three weeks. You know, yeah, that's going to be a lot of money. I mean, you could spend that on. You're probably spend more than that. Say you spend five thousand dollars taking the family to Italy for three weeks.
1: Right, what is the value of that? Right, and and the the crazy thing is when you are trying to talk yourself into a purchase like that, or considering a purchase like yeah. that, you go through this whole thing in your mind about whether or not it's worth spending that money. Yep. and you can justify it or you can poo poo it. Yeah, based on where your head's at and what you hold valuable, right. What you right. hold dear, and so that's that's a secret to selling mm-hmm. to people as well is trying to understand what motivates people and what really mm. matters to them. And I think a
0: lot of people aren't looking at their own experience thinking that it has any value Mm. at all. Right when really this is you're in this one like Joe's in his spacesuit, Corbett's in his spacesuit, I'm in mine. Right? Yeah. We know there's like a lot of different ways that a human can think, and a lot of different psychologists have, have have this model called the Big Five, and this is basically the personality. You know, there's a lot of personality stuff that mm-hmm. I like, and and it's fun to to think what makes someone click or whatever. Uh, I find it to be really meaningful because it helps me understand myself. But really, in In terms of hardcore research, the only thing that's hardcore research, the big five, it's like open trait, openness, trait, conscientiousness, I don't know, all these all these sorts of things. Um, And we know that there's like this various and sundry ways that a human being can think there's all the different kinds of people out there in the world. So we discount our own experience and go like, I want it to be like this or something like that. Or what I'm thinking is going to to Italy for like, how long do I want it to be? What do I want included in the trip? What, what are the worries that I have? What are the objections that I have that naturally come up? What are the, what are the uh, alternatives that I could get into instead of this? Right. Yeah. What you just did is you made a sales page. You just did the 80-20 sketch sheet from Fizzle in your own head, in your own head for yourself, for yourself. It's incredibly valuable to watch yeah. how you think about this stuff because everybody goes through a same kind of thing. And they might not have the same answers, but they have the same questions. And I think that's what a good marketer is. They go like, listen, the same questions live in everybody's head. The answers can all be different. We need to figure out
1: what answers we're aiming for. It's interesting to think about a sales page as not trying to sell someone, but trying to give someone the tools they need to sell themselves. Right.
2: Mm, that's precisely. a great. That's a great distinction, Aiden. What does that make you think of? So yeah, I mean, this is this is dovetailing perfectly into uh, kind of my 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 whole um, hope, if we want to use that word, uh, for the delivery here. Because what what Joe painted the picture of is. Um, kind of two mindsets, right? The the person that values money over health selling to the people that value health over money, right? So yeah. how do we deal with being of one mindset selling to an environment of other people with other mindsets? Is it changing our mindset? Do we need to change the definition of value for ourselves to be able to communicate properly with, with these people? Um, or um, do we just need to understand it? And and I'll give you some examples. Um, it. Just a couple of different ways to look at value. And I mean, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but I grew up, um, you know, in a generally like low middle class, uh, frugal household, right? Value was quantity, right? If we got more cereal in the box, that was the good value. That is totally diametrically opposed to somebody who's grown up maybe with a little bit more money where value is better quality. Right? Their cereal was a smaller box, but it had better ingredients. It was more organic. It was healthier. It was the gluten free cracker thing, right? Um, So, value, and it's the same way in selling. Um, If I had that upbringing in my early life as a service salesperson, I was always wanting to provide more services for less money. That was how I tried to transmit value to my clients. And it wasn't until I understood that my clients sometimes valued quality over quantity that I could really start scaling my rates. And as a service professional, that was really the only way to scale service. Otherwise, I have to build a big team. I've got to hire a bunch of people to provide more service. But if I if I position myself as a higher ticket person, there is a little subconscious transmissal of, ooh, your price is higher. You probably provide higher quality. And that enters you into essentially the world that Joe's talking about, with, where the people that that are are driving these uh, nice cars, even though you're not, but they still yeah. trust you. So, yeah. um, the the interesting thing, the last thing that I'll kind of um, parallel to, because because Joe, you made a really really good point that actually was covered in in last episode a little bit, which is that if you are this person that is selling to clients that are not of the same user profile as you, if you will. They're not the same kind of person. They're not the same archetype. Um, they are different than you. Then you really do need to start doing some research. You need to do some upfront research. You need to do some reflective research into uh, into what kind of people the, these people are. And um, and it's so funny that your conclusion was literally the same conclusion um, that, that I had come to with my services, which is that the medium-sized or the big people tend to be way better clients than the small mm-hmm. people. You know? Um, and it's not really that hard to to look at in hindsight, but it's very, very hard to go forward and to say no to the small people um, or the small clients, you know? Um, So, so it's tough. And especially if you want to be that kind of person that is helping that, that you are trying to be very, very generous with your services. It's hard. It's hard to make ends meet helping people that can't afford your services or that can afford your services, but, but damn well better get the, just squeeze the last drop of water from the rock of your services, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. So hold on. Let's dive into this, this part now. Let's dive into this. Okay. So in case you're just joining us, this is in case you're just joining us, we're talking about how do we set our prices? How do we justify a premium price for a premium product? Even if you don't feel like a premium person, now this last bit is where I, I want to jump in. This idea of being a premium person, because I think this is where this is where we get snagged. We don't believe if you don't believe in your product, okay, it's going to be really hard for you to charge a lot of money for it. I, I think personally, because for me, I have to I have to personally be convinced, like that it's something that I would buy. At this price, in some ways, right now, like that, that you don't have to take that on as as your own thing. To me, I feel like if I do that, then the level of my product will. I have the chance for making an actual sustainable business,
1: right? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you go? What do you say? Well, on that? and but believing in your product, you could believe that your product is capable of helping you get more energy every day yeah yeah but that still is only worth so much it's only worth so much so so part of it has
0: that's when that's when to me everything shifts when i'm convinced that it works for others right it's like it kind of like it starts with like is it valuable for me does it scratch my own itch can it do that because like listen man i've got a lot of books on my shelf i haven't read you know there's a lot of ideas out there that that like Probably would help me. I, I, just, I just haven't gotten into them. Why? Because why? I don't have time. Because I don't think about it. Because well, I don't know. The truth is, I got plenty of time. I just don't think it's going to work. Like, I, I don't think it's going to help me. Right. So that's the big thing. That's like, I've got, I've got busy. I'm doing this, that, and the other. So how can I interrupt people where they already are and give them something valuable or, or whatever? That's sort of the, the, <laughs> the project of my life, trying to figure that out for me. Because if I can ha- if I have a real product, I have a real transformation what joe's talking about is to me the realest kind of product like i love that product more than anything else where someone comes in they're like they're like you know droopy dick about like life
1: right They're <laughs> hey uh chase why are you being such a mopey dick <laughs> <laughs> exactly what is it ahab over there is moby uh the,
0: but the idea is like i know what it's like to be in that life mode right i know yeah. what it's like to be in sweatpants like for, for way too many days in a row and <laughs> Not have like quite the the like quite the 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 vitality that I want to have right, and I know what it 's like to have the vitality, but also be manic and ungrounded and like and not have the balance in it right it 's like both and i 've done them both, and so for me finding helping people find that balance is like dude that's a there's a vit- there 's a vital product there 's a vital value there that helps people actually be because i what I think about most is I think about the people who are raising the kids who are going to vote in presidential elections, like 20 or 30 years from now, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it really matters. Or
1: how about two years from now? <laughs> dude, think about what it's going to be like in 30.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like now, it's not like we're going to get through Trump and then it's all going to get better again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like dude, the cat is out of the bag, <laughs> right? This is full scale. Like every, all hands on deck. Anyways, sorry. That's, that's neither here nor there. But I, I, I think of, of if I was growing up and I saw my dad, anyway, sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. back to the dad <laughs> stuff. <What? laughs> but what? like, think about what it would be like if you were surrounded by people who live with vitality, like respect, honor, dignity, right? This is the kind of thing like he was, Joe was talking about uh, military, working with the military and the importance of mindset there. Right? We think about business a lot because as an entrepreneur, you've got to get yourself through the day and every day has to add up to something. Right, and then those days add up to weeks and months. And if at the end of twelve months you haven't made any impact, like you go out of business. <laughs> like right. you own that, right? It's like if you go into the into the woods and hunt a mushroom, like our friend has, and get the wrong one, and and get the wrong one, and make think, yourself sick. Y- y- you can make yourself sick. You can or poison worse. yourself. Right? Yeah. You pay all the consequences in entrepreneurship. I love that. I love that. I think that's so. That's why I hate all this corporation crap where it's like government subsidies to help like structure oil companies better to protect them from like erosion and where their where their things are So it's like sorry i was watching that patriot act show have you seen that yeah, Minaj. Minaj, that's i'm good. loving that it's really good, it's yeah. pretty good so i'm <laughs> sorry i'm gonna land this plane here let's come back uh and then we'll do a sponsor read the 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 thing that we're talking about here is how can you possibly price your product at a premium level because what we're telling you is like things get better when you're working with premium people. Joe, is that what I'm hearing? Am I right, right in that?
3: Yeah, and I mean, I don't think you can you can paint it in black and white with that. Depending on what your your goals or intentions are, but generally right. with the service, I think yeah, you'll find that the more people invest, the higher value they get out of it. And you know, just just one second, uh, it was hard to find a segue in the middle of your uh, <laughs> sorry, go, go, <laughs> you go, ran right go. there, buddy. But it was something that you brought up that I thought was a good point, and. Um, kind of a little like mental trick I've used on myself a little bit when it comes to trying to develop confidence in your ability to create that much value. Something that I know that I found early on that I've seen a lot of other people kind of, I guess, struggle with is you might find that you're doing this stuff. No problem for free when it's just kind of a casual conversation. You know, I mean, before I was formally training people, if somebody came up and they wanted me to write out a workout program or help them or give them guidance, whatever it was, I could do that all day, and I love doing yeah. it. I mean, I yeah. I got so much energy from it. But then, as soon as you put an exchange of money into that mm. interaction, all of a sudden, all the doubts crept in. It's like, oh God, well, I don't know if it's worth this much. I don't, I don't know yeah. if I should be charging them for this. And all of a totally. sudden, it's because it took it from me just helping a fellow person into, oh God, now I have to actually do the evaluation as to whether or not I'm I'm worth it. Am I providing that value? Right. And, you know, so often the time I think if you just remove that roadblock that. If I just slapped you in the middle of a cocktail party and you were standing across from your ideal customer and you just struck up a conversation, could they walk away with some actual value from some benefit from that? And you know, I think almost certainly yes. Everybody can say, yeah, for sure, not a problem at all.
0: Yeah, that's the
3: way that you would approach that that sales interaction or that relationship with someone is the money. That's their decision. You know, I mean, if, if they're willing to put that much money down, get out of your own way with that. Just let them decide if you can create that value, but approach it just like you were talking to them across a table at a cocktail party, you know. Yeah. And I think that's how you break through that kind of fixed versus growth mindset. Like you were kind of talking about there, Chase, about yeah. you know yeah. believing whether or not you can you can make a change or or uh, or be worth it. That's not on you to decide, you know. I mean, their their decision as to whether or not they invest that, they'll figure that out. That's their value system. But if you have yeah. some something that you can do to help that person, just focus on that and the rest will take care of itself.
0: Right. I love this. Okay. So when we come back from the sponsor read, I want to talk about one of the sales tricks that Chris Johnson taught me. That's really, that's closely related to what you're talking about, Joe. So Corbett, we got some sponsors today. These are people that help us run the fizzle show. Some of them we use for our business and we work them like we use them
1: daily for our business. Uh, So tell us what's going on. Yeah. So today we want to tell you guys about Discover.Bot. Discover.Bot is an online community for bot creators. Amazon Registry Services created Discover.Bot to serve as a platform agnostic digital space for bot developers and enthusiasts of all skill levels to learn from one another, share their stories, and move the conversation forward together. Discover.bot aims to help people turn their experiences, discoveries, stories, advice, and knowledge into part of a shared canon that moves everyone forward. For veterans and beginners alike, Discover.bot is a place for learning, teaching, and talking. You can learn more at discover.bot slash fizzle, and there you'll find a beginner's guide to bots in case you're wondering what this is all about and how bots might help your own business. boy. And then we also want to tell you guys about Gusto. Gusto is one of our favorite sponsors because we use them ourselves. We've used them for a long time. And what are we talking about here? It's what ta- sexy. What are we talking about here? It's nothing th- sexy. It's yeah. payroll processing. It's payroll. But you might think payroll processing. It's all the same, right? right. Well, I can tell you from experience, it's not. There's uh-huh. a lot of really mediocre P-I-T-A uh-huh. payroll processors yeah. out there. And Gusto just makes everything simple. For example, you can file 1099s for contractors filed for, for no extra fees. They don't charge you extra. They just do it for you. You can send a link to your new employer contractor and they can self-onboard. They can enter all the information they need to. You can have them sign forms electronically. All of that is part of Gusto. They have a great interface, a great service, a very uh, great price as well. And mm-hmm. if you visit uh, gusto.com slash fizzle, you can get your first three months of payroll for free.
0: Unbelievable. Gusto.com slash fizzle. Our thanks to these guys for supporting the fizzle show. This is awesome. Okay. So, um, when, before the break, we were talking about, uh, what I think I, I call sort of, um, so I have a friend called Chris Johnson who, who had a company called Simplifilm, and the way that he structured that company, he was just basically an expert sales guy. We have a, we have a, um, an interview with him inside a fizzle. We have all these interviews with like hardcore entrepreneurs of, of like not entrepreneurs you probably would have ever heard of, right? You know how like it's like you can hear Gary Vaynerchuk. It's like oh, he interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk. It's like all right, it's more Gary Vaynerchuk stuff. It's good. It's like content. It's good content. But there's something about those stories of people who are like just like ten steps ahead of you in their business, and they're talking about their their near and and far sort of history in business, and something about it can just come. Can like hit home more because the market shifted since Gary Vaynerchuk built like Wine Library TV, right? <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. know if you know this, but like literally none of those things work the same anymore. Right?
2: I I can even like personally attest to that specific course with Chris. I just wanted to interject like yeah, very very real tangible stuff that my business has actually implemented and grown from. So I, I mean, it's a short course too. It's a standalone. So
0: yeah, it's killer. And so one of the things that he that I, I learned watching him is. Um, is he just has this real like he's learned to put this confidence together? That I was like, listen, I'm gonna sell ten seats. I'm gonna send sell ten seats this this month. Like, I'm gonna sell ten this month. You know, I know it's, if it's not to you, that's fine. It's I call it this like walk away ability or almost like value ability. You know, it's like a thing that people don't know that that it, you have to learn how to. You have to learn what it is. Yeah, you, know, you have to learn. And so now we're in like a little little more of a sales conversation, and, and I want to switch it out of here in a second but I do think this is an important point based on what Joe was just bringing up. When you have a product that you know is valuable, everything about the sales process changes. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. When it's valuable yeah. enough to where you're charging, you know, whatever, $500, $2000, whatever it is. Like I have this thing, this event down in LA that I'm going to be helping someone put on. It's going to be like 1200 bucks. And I'm going to start like emailing and getting in touch with some of my friends go like, "Dude, you should be here. This is going to be like this is going to be awesome. It's going to be. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be heavy. But it's like this is exactly what you've been like. You've been, you're going around in circles about this, that, and the other. We can get you actual. Like you're not going to walk away with this without like, without going like,
2: gee
0: Louise, like I can't believe we just survived that. Everything looks different on the other side. So I was like, sell it. It's like snake oil, right? It's just like I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm not going to tell you much about what it is, right? And so, but I know the value is there. Like I have zero, mm. like the whole thing is, is that like, this is the only product I've ever found that's like 100% effective at whatever needs to happen. Mm. Like, it's like, oh, that's such a kind of confidence and a value that I'm like, I'm willing to risk, like <laughs> sounding cheesy to someone. Right. But that, that changes everything about the sales process for me. Cause it's $1,200 and you're coming to spend four days in some, who knows what, some beige room probably. Do you know what I mean? With like... 40 strangers. I was picturing a sweat lodge. Oh man, I wish that. No, that's that's a different. This is no drugs involved. This is no drugs involved, baby. Um, but anyways, the point I I just want to I just want to land that that like everything changes about the sales process when you know when the salesperson knows when you're the entrepreneur so you're the salesperson that the thing works. Yeah. That the thing's valuable. The yeah. thing does what it says it does, right? And I just that's where I want to get I want to get people making products and I know that most people want to be making products that they can absolutely trust and stand up in. This is what I love so much about the Fizzle community is the vast majority. I literally can't think of people who aren't like this that, that like they want to make something honest. They want it to be valuable. They want it to be authentic. They want it to be uh, a, an, an expression of themselves in some meaningful way without it being all about them because they know it has to provide value for the customer. Yep. Right? Just like this is what it has to look like. This is what business has always looked like. You know, I don't know. It's exciting to me. Where should we go from here? I feel like my thing is I want people to feel comfortable charging more for their product if their product deserves that. And so maybe I have a question around like, how can I tell if my what my product's worth? how can I tell if my product's worth it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I know if this thing, or maybe a more accurate question, here's my question to you, Joe. Yeah. Someone out there has a product. Let's say they work with the clients, they make websites or they work with clients, they do some sort of physical therapy or, or training or nutrition stuff, or they have an, an info course or something, right? The question that they have, because there is an astute entrepreneur is with their lab coat and clipboard. They're like, how valuable is this to my customers? Right, mm-hmm. they want to know just like what, what how valuable it is. That that's okay. So that's one one option. Okay, the other option is a little more aligned with what you were saying earlier, Joe, which is like what, which is a more it's a more personal inquiry thing, where it's like what is the what is the experience I want to give to my clients?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What's the thing I want to be giving them, and then how am I doing? right what do you i don't know, what do you see do you sense the difference between those two i like that second one the sense of of like if i you were talking before about you got to have a vision you got to have a commitment right if you have a vision for something i i want you know i want married couples to be having better sex like like a like extreme like a lot better sex <laughs> right like a lot better sex i just think that'll solve a lot of problems in the world mm-hmm. right um what's my commitment there what's my like vision there it's like actually it is for the result that i'm getting my clients right and then, then then the question is how am i doing how am i doing on that i to me that seems like the way forward is getting clear on the vision that you want to to impact the customer with right and then looking at what's
1: currently going on and going am i doing it yeah well and i think you also have to think about what kind of customer you feel drawn to help, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There there was this whole uh, conversation yesterday as we were kind of spitballing topics. Jen from the Fizzle team was bringing up this idea that she feels blocked against helping wealthier people because she feels like they don't need her help.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Whereas some people like Joe or I were saying, we might feel like we can't help wealthier people because we're not cut out for it or yeah. we're not capable of yeah right right so it, you can come from a different angle but in in both of those cases that might inform the kind of customer that you want to be serving yeah right and so you need to figure that out first and then i would ask myself there's this there's this thing i hope i'm not stealing your thunder in here aiden but there's this part in the notes on this episode here this idea of selling as if the money doesn't matter to you are selling as if mm-hmm. you're independently wealthy or something. And so then, if you identify the customer that you're going after, yeah. whether they're wealthy or poor or whatever, and instead of saying, well, how much money do I need to make as a business on this thing? Yeah. You just ask yourself, what kinds of value is this transformation going to unlock for this person? Yes, right. Or this business, or whatever you're selling to. And then figuring out the price that makes the most sense to sort of represent that value right right and and then you can kind of look at it from the other angle and say well does this make sense for me to be selling it at this price is, is my cost structure right. supporting that and so on right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but that way you kind of right price your thing because mm-hmm. we we kind of skipped over the whole positioning thing but there is a price at which it's going to make it easier or more difficult to sell right. to people yeah There's a price at which you would optimize the revenue for all people, but there's also a price at which you would make it easier or harder to sell to the kinds of customers that you want to serve. And so if I'm Aubrey Marcus, the CEO of Onnit, and I'm about to have this conference, and I want a Chase Reeves kind of person to come, then $10,000 might be the right price because you're ascribing this that thing must be really worth it. Right. Totally, you know, totally. I'm going to get a lot from this if right. I'm paying that much for it.
0: Yeah. Because the value is actually in just the, 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 the closeness with, with other people. Like the, the it's it's values in the guest list, so to speak. You know right. what I mean? It's really yep. in the, the like that kind of thing. So i mean, here here's what I heard you say, Corbett, um, things to consider are number one, who is it that you want to be serving or helping? Right. So who is it that you want to have a transformation? Right. And that's very closely related to what is the transformation you want to affect in other people. Right. I think this is really inspiring for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are listening going, like, I don't think about my business that way very often. Yeah. What mm. is the transformation I want to m- cause for people? Right. This is w- because when you start a business or a product from that perspective, your sales page is already written. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You'd have to do all that work eventually to, to put together a compelling sales page. What's the transformation? The before and the after, and this, that, and the other that are right. built into all the copywriting stuff. Eighty uh, twenty sketch sheet. If you haven't yet, go find the eighty sketch twenty sketch sheet, and I'll get you through all this stuff. What's the transformation? They're, they're moving from what. To what? Before working with Joe, my life was a drag, and I only wore (laughs) sweatpants, and I had stains on my shirts. Right. After Joe, there's no more stains. I look great. People are constantly telling me that I I look awesome. Like (laughs) a million bucks. like, Like a million bucks, and then I made a million dollars just because I had that idea that I was sitting on, and I was too depressed to work on it, and now it's coming out. Effortlessly. Might be a stretch. Right? Million (laughs) point two. But, but like, so again, I heard who is it that you want to have the transformation? What is the transformation you're committed to cause for them? And then, um, you you went into this other thing which was good what kinds of value is this transformation worth yeah. and, and like and that kind con- that concept of right pricing it yeah you know
1: right and you know the way that most businesses end up solving this we this conversation involves a lot of pricing and sales kind of both but the way that most businesses end up solving this in terms of pricing yeah is they recognize that okay we're going to identify let's say a Chase Reeves kind of person yeah but in that socioeconomic kind of background there are versions of Chase Reeves that are value oriented, mm-hmm. and there are versions of Chase Reeves that are premium oriented. Right. And I, when I say value, I mean you know on the cheaper mm-hmm. end, and and right. and so if you just think about a car, for example, every car has options, right? And so. A car like the one that we both just purchased, the Subaru Ascent, yeah. you could buy for as cheap as $30,000 or yeah. for as much as $48,000. So yeah. they're basically saying, instead of just having one price, we can probably capture this wider swath. Right. But it's a Subaru. Yeah. Right? And that is what it is. You could sell a Kia, and it's always going to be a Kia. You yeah. might be able to, you know, price it from ten thousand to eighteen thousand dollars or something, but it's going to be kind of within that range. Same with Porsche; you're never going to have a Porsche that's less than so many dollars. So right. it appeals to you. Kind of decide which kind of customer you want yeah but even within that there's going to be a a range of pricing that makes sense for those people and just from an economic standpoint and elasticity and all that kind of stuff like that's why that sort of pricing makes sense. right
0: and so and so i want to be careful not to go too deep into the pricing stuff because we get into tips and tricks like there there's like and and that's the kind of stuff like you can go on any just do some searching and find like find anything out there on like pricing things But what we're talking about is is something that like is more akin to what is your product, like what capital w is capital i your product, like what is it that you're you that
1: you affect in people, yes, you know, and then what is that worth to them and and I bring this up not to talk about pricing theory or anything, but no because I think say, it's really valuable but, what you're saying, but just to say that if you're leaning towards at the end of this conversation you're thinking, okay, I should probably try some premium premium pricing yeah maybe i've been undervaluing my yeah. product yeah. but you're not sure about just raising the price or whatever yeah well you can always have multiple tiers of this thing you could sell your normal package like you always do and then just throw out a couple of other ones out there yeah and don't worry mm-hmm. about price anchoring and all this other stuff just yeah. just recognize that hey if i have you know a, a 200 option and then a 500 hundred dollar option and a thousand dollar option and yeah. and they become increasingly more valuable Try that for a while and see what it feels like to have something out there that's priced a lot more. Right. And maybe you'll find out that some customers actually prefer that yeah. and you'll learn something about it in a pretty low risk kind of way.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. Okay. So, so we're, what we're into here is again, how do we justify or, or find the right premium price for our premium product? Um, because we are premium people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and in terms of, of actual practical steps, um, we're talking about considering who, getting very clear, and the Defining Your Audience course inside of Fizzle is enormously helpful. Uh, that's one of the first courses you'll take in, as part of the Fizzle roadmap. Who is it that you want to help? Getting very clear about who is it you want to help. Some people call it your avatar, but here's the thing. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, right? So I want to save that, <laughs> that word for very specific James Cameron film about the way that empire can ruin beautiful things in our universe. Um, But getting clear about your avatar of your customer or who it is that you're specifically wanting to do. Now that the pain point in there for me, the, the mistake that people often make is they, they make up some story about Janice who has a labradoodle and shops at Whole Foods. And now they're like, I know who I'm serving, you know? Yeah. And, and they, and it doesn't get you into any of the visceral stuff. So one of the tricks that I have is thinking of one, of a specific person in your life, specific mm-hmm. like to me. The one of the best ways to do this is thinking about a friend of a friend or someone that's a, an acquaintance you know. Yeah, but you don't maybe you don't know them super deep,
1: and it helps if it's somebody that you kind of care about. And you you can, you right, can look at their
0: thing and go like, "Dang man, like it must be hard." Like they have they had twins. Like that'll blow up your life, you know. Like for like several years. And how much would they love to get just two hours of sleep back? Just dude, mom's got like a kid on each nipple. Yeah. (sighs) Who was gonna say? What was that? What was that you're gonna say over there?
3: Yeah, well, I think you guys are tapping into something here about when you when you focus on that avatar being someone that you really know that well it's because you have a deeper sense of empathy for that person, right? Like you can see beyond just those demographic characteristics because you understand them as a person and you know what they value. And so it's a lot easier to figure out like, well, what does that person want? How do I put myself in their shoes and provide value? And, you know, earlier you, you you brought up the example of like the whole foods person. Well, Whole Foods people that shop there—it's not just because there's the selection of food. You know, there's an identity that comes along with that, and there's a premium Mm -hmm. that goes along with being the type of person who's willing to spend more on their food and go to Whole Foods. And like you were talking about with a Subaru, right? Some people buy Subaru because of the identity that comes with it. And I think when you're pricing out uh, premium products or when you're considering offering a, a premium premium service, part of that that you have to tap into is the fact that you're also providing an identity for the person who's going to be doing business with you. I mean, if yeah. you're charging $1000 a month for your services compared to $100 a month, you might be doing literally the exact same thing, but the people who are spending $1000 a month get some level of exclusivity or, you know, it, it shows what they're willing to spend their money on. There's yeah. there's two grocery stores near me, you know, that sell literally like the exact same products, but one of them is say like 20 or 30% more and You're like, why would you shop there if it's the same products for twenty or thirty percent more? You know, this isn't like a Whole Whole Foods or anything where they maybe have a better selection. It's like almost the exact same store, but people are willing to pay more there because guess what? There's not going to be crowds. Um, You know, the decor of the store is a little bit more uh, high class. The parking lot's never full, and so it's worth it to me
1: not to have my day ruined by a trip to Safeway (laughs) because (laughs) that place is hell on earth. earth. (laughs) Yep. So sometimes you just I- pissed off eighty five percent of our entire. What, what's wrong with
0: Safeway? What's wrong with it? Here in Portland, Safeway is like the last,
1: the last, the last before, stop before before like nothing you, at all. Yeah, you, you would go to New Seasons first, then yeah. Whole Foods probably, <laughs> then Fred Meyer, Trader Joe's at least it started <laughs> locally, then Trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah. Safeway's way down. <laughs> <I know> it's-,
2: <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, and- such snobs. There's there's one like little little thing that I wanted to elaborate on what Joe was saying too, which is that we've been talking about profiling the users, um, and and I think a lot of us think we know who we are, um, but we need to profile ourselves. You know, we need to we need to kind of get an understanding of what are the money philosophies that drive us, so that we can really tell very very obviously where the disconnects between our beliefs and philosophies about money and sales um, disconnect from. Our users, right? So, um, if I'm a Trader Joe's person, but I'm selling to a Whole Foods person, exactly why am I a Trader Joe's person, right? Yeah. Exactly why are they a, tra- uh, a Whole Foods person? Um, and just to just to throw this out, there's there's a quick little brain dump exercise that I really really like from this strangely titled book, "The Financial Wisdom of Ebenezer Scrooge." Yeah. Um, is uh, is just a very very simple thing you can do it in five minutes. You just Write your first reaction. You just journal your first reaction about how money applies to things like happiness, politics, equality, religion. Okay, so hold on. Let's do this right now. Like,
0: happiness. How does money apply to you, Aiden, around happiness? Give people an example.
2: There is a lot of truth to me thinking that money buys happiness if I'm honest.
0: Okay. And that honesty is the kind of thing you're, you're talking about, right? You're just right. like, just realizing if it's there, don't judge it. You know, just notice it. Write it it. down. Write it down. Yeah, yeah. Happiness. Another one is
1: sex. Corbett.
0: What is money? (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, uh, I can take my wife to a nice date night. Yeah. And uh, then we're both going to feel great about our amazing dinner. Happy wife, happy
0: life, right? So if my wife feels like she's got the level of life, that this is one of the things I'm learning to realize is that Melissa was born on a farm and all that, but it's like, actually, she's the one who's always forcing us into like, buying houses and stuff like that yeah she's got this like i I need to help her get to the level that she feels like she needs to be and then you'll finally get some then i'll get some nookie nookie (laughs) (laughs) right and so you you (laughs) but you just go with like what is the what is the the honest stuff that comes up happiness sex politics equality religion violence peace friendship right around money and this will help you it sounds like Aiden, what you're saying is this helps you unearth some of these scripts, you know, in quotes, some of these, like, default mode or, or automatic pilot mindset stuff that you have around money, which is probably clouding your vision around, A, what is possible for you to make for clients, B, what kind of impact it can make on the clients, and then C, what you should charge for those things. Because Precisely. all this money stuff is just... it. it, it Money is this very challenging thing for us to learn how to I mean I was born as a rich kid you know basically I was never really comfortable with that idea but like yeah I was kind of running from being seen as a rich kid my whole life Even right. though Dad worked and how that does that stuff.
2: yeah how does that impact the way you coordinate with your clients you know I'm sure that influences totally. and tinges and hues everything.
0: Well, it's t- it's t- it's tinged everything about, like, my own mental health around it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, my own sense of, like, if I like what I'm doing or not, if it's important or not, if it's good or not, right? Because it's like, yeah. like, I just knew there was people growing up in, in, like, vast majority of people are just not growing up in the same situation as me. So there's, like, a survivor's guilt, mm-hmm. right? That kind of thing that yeah. comes from it. Anyways. I'm nope. just trying to get you guys to feel sorry for me and not just call me. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, now daddy's on his own. He's got to make his own money. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, God dang. This <laughs> thing's such, some work. It's not that bad, though. It's pretty, it's not, it's pretty good. You, if, you if, you've got, if you're smart, if you're capable, that's the thing. That's why I love doing this show. That's why I love doing the intros to this show. Because every single time I ad-lib the intro, and, you know, sometimes it's better than others. But every time I'm excited about the fact that people are out there learning to earn a living doing something that they care about. And th- that's another person who's not just like living in the doldrums of like, I have to stay at this job because the promote- once I make partner babe, it's all going to be worth it. And then, you know what I mean? And then yeah. it's like, oh, you got the BMW X5, man. You're traveling around. Oh, that didn't make you, you happy. Get to do the-
1: oh, yeah. What about the, oh, maybe we should try to get a Bentley. That's the whole thing,
0: man. It's just like, it goes <laughs> and goes and goes. And- I watched my parents do this yeah. for forever. And I'm just like, now we're finally, they're like, they're finally coming around to like, so. This whole emotional connection thing. What tell me
1: more about Tell me it. more. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna say, Corbin? <laughs> I was just gonna have a, a little side note. Um, isn't ad libbing just a much better way to say making stuff up? Yeah. Yeah. Well I think
0: I think <laughs> so I've studied this. I'm studying this, right? When I get to hang out with guy and guy like with guys at guys' night. Like not, yeah. and girls as well. Like it's not like but it's just like There's a thing that happens when the dudes are around, you know, some of them smoke cigarettes, some of them drink IPA, some of them have cocktails, some of them have cannabis, right? But there's just a thing when the guys are around and and like some of them don't do anything, some of them have kombucha or whatever, you know, but like where everything, like, it's a different mode. Everybody's let their guard down, and it's a little more BS-y. Yeah. But a lot of times, it could like, serious stuff comes up. Sure. And if you just watch, like, just making, like, guys just making things up with each other, Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of the times the thing I'm making up is, like, helpful to the other guy, then he starts talking, and it really gets me thinking about things I wasn't thinking about before. So, like, there's this old scripture about, like, iron sharpens iron, wherever two or more are gathered. And it's just, to me, it's just like, (laughs) no, this is just what, like, this is just like what being a human is. Yeah, is you actually like spending time with people? It's just ad living. This whole thing about like this whole thing about going to church every Sunday—we really got off <laughs> off topic around that. We really lost the plot. <laughs> <laughs> the bars—and that's for another episode. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, listen, we got to pull this episode to a close. Before we do, I want to know, Aiden, is there anything specific? from your notes on this episode that you think, and Joe, I'm going to ask you the same question. So be thinking, is there anything that needs to be said that hasn't been said yet for the person out there who has a premium product, who she actually has, like she has a good product. People who go through her course or, or work with her for a six week consulting session or something like that. They actually get the transformation. Um, Is there anything else that needs to be said for her to, to do whatever's necessary to take, the next step. Aiden,
2: go. Yeah. I mean, the the only thing that I'll really say um, is it is possible to learn how to smell blood in the water later in life, depending, regardless of your upbringing. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, you, you, I think, need some degree of at least the ability to access that. Maybe you don't mm-hmm. need to do that all the time, but there's nothing wrong with being a hunter if, if you're putting food on your table for your family in a way that excites you and, and brings you alive, right? So, um you know, that's, that's totally, totally okay. That's my opinion, uh, but that's okay. And this whole like inventorying your upbringing and those scripts and identifying that stuff, that is, that is a practice. This is not something you're gonna figure out in in the course of a single session, but start journaling a little bit about your beliefs, you know, Um, especially, you know, gain some awareness of your money-rooted decisions. Uh, Change will come. It's probably gonna be slow. That's totally fine. But, uh, but, yeah, progress begets progress, and um we're not trying to arrive anywhere necessarily, but we're here to enjoy the journey. Love it. Joe Kearns,
0: what needs to be said from your perspective, if anything, at all, that hasn't yet been said for the lady out there who is like like she's got it, they have she has a premium product, it's good, but she's not currently charging the right she does. She's going to have to go through some mental stuff to realize how hung up she is around money. Is there anything that needs to be said still?
3: Yeah, honestly, I mean, it's probably almost a, a little bit of a cliche at this point, but I think it's so worth diving in and understanding scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. And, you know, more than likely, if you're selling a premium product and you're just starting out, you might still be in that kind of scarcity mode of not enough, but you're selling it to someone who might have transitioned into that abundance mindset. And, you know, it, it's it's really easy to focus on money as, as almost... Uh, a reflection on your value or your worthiness, but it's just an economic factor. You know, I mean, yeah. I think you have value to provide. And remember that even if you're in a situation where someone is, uh, you know, far more financially successful than you are right now, in that relationship, you're still in the power position. You know, you're still the one with the value that they want. Whatever it is you're selling, there's a reason that you built that, that you can help them, that they're coming yeah. to you. And if you just approach it as a human don't get caught down in that not enough scarcity mindset just remember like they're there for a reason and it's because you can help them and if you just approach it from that perspective of you know the idea of that uh cocktail party where you're just talking to them as a human being you will find a way to create that value and connect with them and that's what's going to open up the doors not trying to logically convince them that it's worth the money
0: love it love it corbett anything else to add You've
1: got to make yourself more valuable. You've got
0: to be more valuable. <laughs> Tell the people, there's probably people who don't remember that from back in the day. Just Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn,
1: classic if Tony Robbins mentor. If you're wondering about your position in life, why things aren't going well, you've yeah. got to make yourself more valuable. you got to make yourself more valuable, which is a
0: commitment. <laughs> it's a commitment and a decision to go, I'm going to i'm gonna be worth i'm gonna help out like i'm gonna yes, see I'm where the to be need useful is useful to other people and that i think is what entrepreneurship is what do
1: people need and how can i fill it for them they need sex well i mean how can a lot you, of Corbett, how can you fulfill that for them probably not <laughs> very well
0: that is it for the show today <laughs> This is episode 296 of the Fizzle show. You can find the show notes uh, and links from this episode to those sponsors, to the courses that we talked about, to to um, to everything. By the way, Fizzle, you can try you can try Fizzle for 5 weeks for free at fizzle.co/try5. That's always the case. We only talk about that here on the Shh, don't tell on the podcast, right? So, that's just for you guys for listening. I mean, if you made it this far, you're you're really working on something. So, maybe check out Fizzle if you haven't. fizzle.co/try5. But show notes and links for this episode are at co slash 296. That's fizzleshow.co slash 296. We will talk to you guys next week. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in, y'all. Bye-bye. Until next week. See ya.